0: Okay, so this song, 1986, came up on my playlist this morning while I was exercising, and I had this thought, if there is anybody who exercises every day and watches what they eat, it is my brother Theron. He is my guest today. I am Stacey Julian, and this is episode 84 of Exactly Enough Time. podcast is about being present. It is also about playful creativity and other things like curiosity, happy colors, and connection. I am a storyteller and I love to interview interesting people and talk about what they do and why they do it. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Okay, So my brother, Dr. Theron Hall, is so smart, you guys. I have been wanting to sit down with him for a very long time, and I finally got to do that, and so today's episode and next week's are my conversation, or made up, I should say, of my conversation with Theron, who out there, like me, feels like September is kind of a fresh start. Well, I want to share with you some of the things that Theron has taught me that I try to put into practice and I need to get better, of course, that have to do with feeding our bodies and moving our bodies, especially as we age. I'm so excited for you to learn from Theron. I might interrupt a couple of times and add some personal insight to what he teaches us, but let's cut right to my conversation with Theron. Theron... I love you.
1: Thank you, Stacy.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad that you <laughs> agreed to do this with me. I'm sitting in your basement, and uh, I just have so, so I'm much. Last,
1: I'm the last sibling to do this. You know that, right? I
0: do know that. Just um, because
1: save the best for last. That's exactly, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly
0: right. And honestly, this is gonna be really good. Because this, we're gonna talk about what we're gonna talk about is exactly what I need. I love talking to you for this reason because you have so much knowledge. So, before we get too far into it, I want you to introduce yourself to my listeners and um, and just tell them basically your educational background. But how did you become an expert? And you are an expert in health and fitness, diet, exercise, and everything like that.
1: Uh, well, so I was always interested in it, and I was thinking about that earlier. I think it's. Um, well, we come from a house where our dad was saying, oh, look at the yummy anti-cancer food on the table tonight. <laughs> we right. got broccoli from the garden and blueberries from the garden. And cabbage. And, yeah. But that was when nobody was saying, look at that yummy anti-cancer food. So right. this was like late 70s, early 80s. So. It's true. Anyway, so we were, and then we were always, you know, active and into exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we would go on family walks and hikes yeah. more than most and... We were yeah. always doing sports, and it was before PlayStation, so we would just play in the yard. Yeah, it's true. So, and then um, I just wanted to be good at sports, so I was always lifting weights, trying to get bigger because we're naturally a very thin family, uh-huh. you know, not very muscular. We don't have a lot of like fast twitch muscle. We're not like move for power. <laughs> we're more endurance people, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was interested in that, and then I thought it was cool to have big muscles, you know, like to well look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and the magazines growing up, all that stuff. Th- and
0: we, you, that was your era. I mean, that was who, right? We thought it was amazing. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. but okay, but seriously, I remember coming home from my first my freshman year of college, and you walked out of the one bathroom with a towel wrapped around your middle. I, don't know, I can't believe I'm saying this in my podcast, but I was yeah. like, "Holy cow, what happened to my brother?" Because that was the year you must have figured it out. Yeah, you anyway. just might
1: have grown a little bit. So that's
0: probably. <laughs> you did more but, than grow, but, but, lifting,
1: but, but anyway. anyway, Cougar and I were really were both into weightlifting in high school. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you, but at BYU, I didn't really know what I wanted to go into. So, I my major was international relations, which is very similar to um, political science, and that's huh. like a pre-law, okay. undergrad. And I thought I would just go to law school. Oh, but then you know, in those classes with those guys, I was, I can just tell I was not fundamentally the same as they were, <laughs> like as far as the things they they like to. You know all those pre-law classes. Basically, you just talk about current events and argue about what's in the news and stuff like that. And right. I just wasn't that into it, but I would find myself in the library studying what I had to study for the classes I was in. And then you know you get tired and you take a break and you yeah. wander down the hall, you know, between the stacks of books, and you're like, you start looking at an exercise book or uh-huh. something about how the body worked. And I was like, why am I, why am why I, am I studying something else that, that, I'm not, don't that I don't love? And yeah, I did just I did know that I wanted to work for myself, and that's kind of what we grew up seeing since our dad owned a small business. Right. Um, so I pictured myself working for myself and I wanted to not be at a desk and, and behind a computer. Um, and I was naturally interested in exercise and... Mm-hmm. You remember also at that stage in life, you're like, I want to help people. And you, know, yeah. and you forget about that as you kind of go along and you worry about bills, but uh-huh. that is the foundation of it. And so anyways, I just, um, then one day I, I started learning about chiropractic and uh-huh. I was like, oh, this really kind of fits me because it's a natural healthcare method. Yeah. Um, you're involved physically with the patients, you know, you're like, it's hands on, it's, uh, it emphasizes exercise and nutrition. So, um, so I looked at it for, you know, a few weeks, and then I, I told Kristen to sit down and I have something to tell you. <laughs> we're changing everything. We're changing so, everything. Yeah. New game plan. New game plan. <laughs> anyway, so I went to chiropractic school in Dallas, and then, you know, chiropractors, they can just work for themselves, so they just move wherever they want to move. And then when we yeah. came back to Utah, we are like, wow, this is really this is a really great spot, you know? and Yeah. So we ended up coming here, and but
0: the, tell them the name. So the name of your practice
1: is Body Works. It's Body Works, and
0: I remember back in the day, when, you know, when you were trying to decide what to name mm-hmm. it, and I love that that title mm-hmm. because really it is an emphasis in my mind. It's an emphasis on wellness, overall, right. taking care of your entire body, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you've just done a really good job of that. And yeah. if anybody wants to look you up. Dude, you have so many five-star ratings <laughs> on Google. You are a fantastic chiropractor. Thank you. And, uh, and you really do a lot of counseling. You know, they, they might come in with a sore hip or whatever, back, neck. Mm-hmm. But they leave with a wealth of knowledge, and that's... Uh, I've just always been impressed by your interest in other people and helping them not fix just that one thing they're complaining about, but helping them understand the big picture. Thank okay, you. so w- <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is is me. We're going to talk about me. I am a fifty-five-year-old woman. I'm aging. I did grow up in this family with you that was a great emphasis on fitness, but um, my body's changing, shifting hormonally and in all other ways. And uh, and I want to talk about. So let's start with diet because I think that's the thing that women. Think probably about the most, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. and then exercise. That's the thing we try to avoid the most. But I kind of want to talk about um, you know the challenges as we age in those two areas, some of the solutions, mm-hmm. and then and then the benefits of continuing to invest some time and energy into both of those areas. Okay. So let's start with diet. What are the problems as you age? Okay, so listen to how Theron answers this question. This is why I love talking to him so much. He's a natural born teacher and what he is going to teach us about the four pillars of aging, this is what he lives. This is what he does. And I love that when I approach him with questions and I think I want some super specific answer like just do this, do this, he always explains the why or the mechanics behind it. So cool.
1: So let's talk about that question with regards to um, what what researchers say about um, what causes aging. Okay. You what know, causes our cells to age? Sets up a um, metabolic problems that lead to right. aging more quickly than you should. Okay. Um, inflammation. <clears throat> I'm gonna yeah. guess
0: inflammation. <laughs>
1: yeah, inflammation is a big one, and inflammation ties into the. It's not considered one of the four pillars of aging, but it ties into like three of oh. the things. Okay,
0: so four pillars. Okay, what are the four pillars then? So the
1: four pillars of aging from a nutrition perspective are increased blood sugar, okay. increased insulin, ah. increased cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Yes. And increased free radical
0: proliferation ah. or, or okay. production. Okay.
1: And so and those those four things primarily have to do with how much you eat and the types of macronutrients you eat okay okay so if we talk about um and this this certainly goes along with the low carb stuff that we've heard about yeah um for years now i remember when i was in chiropractic school though there was the, the product called snack well yes the Snackwell oh cookies, yes and it's like, oh yes because hey, i bought cookies, them <laughs> yeah these cookies don't have as much fat in them right if you're gonna snack snack well you know so, right so just eat carbohydrates and don't have any fat mixed in there right and so it really wasn't that long ago that people were thinking that you know butter has more fat. I'm just gonna go with margarine. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna eat the cookies that are just sugar and make sure I don't have any fat or right. cholesterol in there. Right. Right.
0: And the yogurt with no fat, yeah, all the no zero. Fat yeah.
1: Yep. And of course that stuff is now outdated, and we mm-hmm. know that fats are good and fats are essential. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of fat is important. Right. But um, but anyways, along with that, we we shifted from having. Um, an understanding that carbohydrates are the best energy source for you. you should have plenty of carbohydrates to knowing that we need to limit our carbohydrates for the best um, for the best health for the mm-hmm. best and choose the best, kind of position, and the best kind of carbohydrates yeah. um, so anyway so when we talk about those four pillars and we talk about high blood sugar or high blood glucose what they're saying is that when you are consuming carbohydrates and you have more sugar in your bloodstream right. throughout the day all the time right. you know, say we're snacking on things that are that are carbohydrate intense right? then that is going to cause aging and the primary reason it will cause aging is because it elevates our insulin all the time okay. and also when you have high blood sugar you're more likely to form um, compounds in your blood that increase plaquing okay. called advanced glycolated end products and what that what that means is you're going to form stuff that's sticky in your blood that's going to be more likely to make the blood stick together, and then that leads to atherosclerosis, mm-hmm. which can, you know, give you Our disease, stroke,
0: all of those yeah, other if any things.
1: Yeah, if any of that fat breaks off, you know, then uh-huh. it can lodge itself in your brain and you have a stroke or in your lungs. Right. You have a, and
0: that's you know, interesting because for years we thought it was the fat you ate that created that problem, mm-hmm. and really it's more just the consistent sugar in your bloodstream that it's creates consistent that. Consistent sugar, yeah.
1: And then since we're talking about that, the four pillars. The second one is really the most important, and that's elevated insulin okay. in your blood. And we can talk about that one with regards to exercise and diabetes. Okay. Um, so so when you take something in, like you eat carbohydrate, right. um, that's gonna go into your stomach and it's gonna start to be absorbed. And your, your body is gonna sense that there's an increase in blood sugar. And when it's, your body senses that there's an increase in blood sugar, then your pancreas releases insulin because insulin is the hormone that you need to carry the sugar out of your bloodstream into your cells. So right. you need insulin, that's important. Yeah. But when you have in high insulin release all the time, mm. then that's gonna be damaging to your pancreas for one, it kind of wears out over time, mm-hmm. okay? And you have a, um, another problem that's compounded with that as we talk, when we talk about aging, and that's the concept that we become insulin resistant. Mm-hmm. And what that means is there could be a couple things there. Um, one is that think about the girl in college, like so you are at college, you work out after school, and then you worked at a warehouse for four hours to help pay for school, and so you were active during the day, you worked out, you were running from class to class, and then you worked at the, the warehouse after for four hours. Okay, So okay. you had a certain amount of muscle activity, and your muscles were hungry for nutrients, right? Right. Hungry for sugar. So, and then you, but you ate pretty good, and you continue to eat the same way, but now you graduated, and now you sit behind a desk right. for those hours, and now you come home and it's like, I need to spend time with my husband, so we like to enjoy watching Netflix or we <laughs> do whatever together, yeah. you know? And so yeah. the amount of activity that you did decreased, it's not that you're eating so horrible now, but your muscles aren't as hungry. And if your muscles aren't as hungry, then the receptor on the muscle that binds with insulin will down-regulate. It's like, oh, there's we don't have as much activity to do, we don't need as much cells to uh, uh, nutrients oh. to come into the cell, we'll downgrade or down-regulate our receptor sensitivity so to the that. So the cells are just that. naturally they're like, resisting. They're like, yeah, we don't need yeah. as much. Okay. Okay. So then you don't have enough spots for insulin to bind to you. And then if insulin's not binding to the spots, and remember, insulin is gonna take the sugar out of the blood, so then your blood sugar stays elevated. Right. And then you go to the doctor and you're like, he does your blood work, he's like, you know, you have high blood sugar, yeah. So huh. you need, you know, this could lead to diabetes. We may need to put you on some kind of medication that helps insulin go into the cell. Like, you know, like metformin oh you know, okay poop. yeah anyways that's bad because then your blood sugar stays elevated you're more likely to form those harmful chemicals mm-hmm. that are pro-inflammatory mm-hmm. and cross clotting or you know increased proliferation of bad lipids in your blood in your, um, blood your bloodstream yeah. yeah so one of the things that people sometimes don't realize is that that being diabetic or pre-diabetic it's a sliding scale you can move towards diabetes and you can just move away from just as easily
0: means. moves away, yeah. move away
1: so your body will be very responsive and adapt to the pressures and mm-hmm. the nutrition that you put on it so if you start exercising more and your muscles get hungrier then you're going to upregulate your ability to bind insulin and carry nutrients out of the bloodstream into the cell yeah right
0: Okay, are you hearing this? This is such good news. Information is power. That's what Theron always reminds me. We have so much more influence or control over these processes that are taking place in our bloodstream. We can absolutely, by the choices we make, push back on this process of getting older.
1: So, and if you were to decrease some of your carbohydrate uh, intake, then you wouldn't have to have as much insulin release Right. Yeah. So there's
0: two ways to fight it. Yeah, exactly. And I remember not long after the Snackwell era, there was this uh, general consensus that you know it's better to eat six small day six small meals during the day or just kind mm-hmm. of snack on healthy food all day long. And I think we've come away from that as well. Yeah, so you've got to give your body a break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. and so
1: since we were talking about insulin, let's talk about the other pancreatic hormone that almost nobody ever talks about. And okay. That's glucagon. Okay. And glucagon is important, especially for people who want to try to lean out, get okay. rid of some body fat. Yeah. Um, that would be so, me. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you. So let's say, I think about this with um, with the little jars that people put in their kitchen that have little crackers and cookies and stuff, or, yeah. the, or the stuff that's on the counter, like take these snacks. And you think about it specifically, like at Christmas time. I remember going places, and everywhere has stuff sitting around. You know? Yeah. So let's say that um, there there are M and M's on the counter, or there's cookies on the counter, and then you know you're moving around the house, but every once in a while you pass the thing, and you throw three in your mouth, and you eat one cookie, and. So there wasn't like three or four hours between breakfast and lunch where you didn't eat, right? Right. So what's happening is that every time you take that snack into your mouth and it starts to be digested, your insulin releases, spikes a little bit, and it carries some of the nutrients into your cell, uh-huh. okay? Then your blood sugar goes down again, but you're like, ah, I passed by the M&Ms again. So you throw more in your mouth, and so your, your insulin is spiking up and down <clears throat> throughout the morning, right? Okay. Now, if your blood sugar is not allowed to get low because you keep throwing M&Ms in your mouth and you, know, yeah. you keep having insulin release, then you will never release glucagon. Because glucagon, what that does, is when your body senses that there's low blood sugar, it's like, hey, we're gonna need more energy in a minute. So glucagon will activate the release of glycogen, which is stored sugar in your muscle and your livers, back back into your bloodstream, so you can keep your blood sugar level.
0: So glucagon help pulls it back out of your cells, into your blood, it's the reverse process. So, we want so you that. got kind of
1: two forms of stored carbohydrate. Got it. First of all, your body will make it into glycogen and put it in your muscle, so that you re- if you start to run up the stairs, you got glycogen in your muscle mm-hmm. to perform that physical activity, and you got in your liver to be released if you're in a longer workout.
0: But I do remember that cells can only hold so much they can, glycogen, they can and so then hold so that much. excess sugar, that's it, it's converted into fat. It is. That's the second thing yeah. it does.
1: So that's so that's also what. Glycogen will do is it will start to liberate fat stores and put that into the bloodstream to be used as energy. So, So you want those two things to happen, right? Yeah, Yeah. for
0: sure. So, So now let's talk about how to eat, then, especially as you age. So, it really is more of a low
1: carb approach Mm -hmm. with some time in between. Yes. So, there's kind of two. There's moderate low-carb diets, yeah. and, the, and that would be like the South Beach diet or the Zone diet. I'm a big fan of the Zone diet. Okay. Um, and then there's more of an extremely low-carb diet, which would be like the Atkins diet, which is a, a guy's name a, a on ketogenic, a ketogenic yeah. diet. Got it. Okay. And just so people can understand this, because they may have heard ketogenic diet, and I don't know exactly what it means. What it means is that if your carbohydrate intake, intake gets low enough, your body will start to convert fat to a carbohydrate substitute called a ketone body. Got it. And then you can use that. You might feel crappy in the few days that you know, mm-hmm. where your carbohydrate intake is very low, where your body transitions. Mm-hmm. And it may take up to a month to efficiently start to use fat as an in- main energy source, if so your mm-hmm. body's been used to carbohydrates for so long. But it is a way to lose fat quickly once you get past the first few days. Mm-hmm. You start to feel good. You'll notice you don't have hunger cravings. Maybe you don't have hunger cravings because you're not having those insulin spikes where the blood sugar goes high and then low, and high and low. Right. So. So there's the Atkins type diet or the ketogenic diet which is good. The complaint you'll hear about that diet is that it's very hard to sustain. Right. Because people feel like they're withholding stuff from themselves or denying themselves like what you guys can have a piece of bread You know that comes around before dinner served, but I can't. <laughs> right. You know, like I can't have a single bite of you know I can't have ice cream or right. You know, I want to try that and so when people go off the ketogenic diet, then they might kind of get a little bit more aggressive with their carbohydrate intake because they've been denied for so long. Right. So, but, but so that leads us to the zone diet. And what um, Dr. Barry Sears is a one that coined that term zone diet. He was talking about a hormonal zone. And so what he's talking about is a oh. zone where you're regulating your insulin and your glucagon to be efficient at burning energy. You know, keeping your body fat lean because you're using it from time to time. You right. can be flexible metabolically. You can burn fat. You can burn the carbohydrates you just ate. Okay. But... That hormonal zone is interested in regulating insulin release because remember insulin's your storage hormone. It's right. going to take stuff out of your bloodstream, throw it into your cells and it's also going to start the process where you take unused carbohydrate or food in period and package it as fat to be stored for later. Okay. And you know, fat is your stored form of energy, right? Right. So. right. So um, anyway, so what he's talking about the zone diet is when you eat, you ought to have a certain combination of your macronutrients, which is fat, protein, and carbohydrates. Okay. And so that means you would have a meal that's like 40% carbohydrates, and then you would have 30% of your calories coming from fat and 30% of your calories coming from protein. Uh, the notion being that if you have the food in that combination, the protein and fat will slow down digestion. As a consequence of that, it will slow down insulin release, so you won't have as big of spikes. Okay. You'd be less likely to have your blood sugar be unstable, and you'd be less likely to start a process where you're storing a bunch of unused, you know, carbohydrate and protein as glycogen so, and in the muscle. So, and
0: this is, this is what I keep hearing, and I kind of want to avoid, because I don't like counting things, is that I'm supposed to understand how many macros I need yeah. for my body type and my age, etc., and then I have to yeah. count them. Right. But, but you're just saying, as long as I'm more cognizant about eating these different macronutrients in combination, that's a step in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, now pay attention. This is where Theron is going to explain the different roles that each of these macronutrients play in our metabolism and in our overall wellness and health.
1: So that's the that's the only thing that I do really is I kind of have an internal accounting going on when I'm eating. Is that okay? Did I get some good fats? Did I get adequate protein? So the good fats, you know, that's for. Um, it's going to fight inflammation it's yeah. important for your nervous system you know yeah. for the lining around your neurons it's important to make the hormones that you need those right. hormones are you know made from cholesterol right so it's important for brain health um, and then do I have enough carbohydrate because that's the immediate energy if I'm not in ketosis that's the immediate energy that my money use to do a few things and that's what my brain likes right so you got to have those that protein to sustain the muscle mass the fat for the nervous system and the hormone production the okay. carbohydrates for brain function right away. So I want to make sure I have those three things, those macronutrients on my plate. So um, when you break the carbohydrates down, you know, you were alluding to earlier that there's not all carbohydrates are created, created equal. equal yeah, right? So when um, when you, people have heard of um, fibrous carbs and starchy carbs or mm-hmm. simple carbs and more complex carbs, right. are those two ter- two terms. So just real quick for the listeners, um, complex carb is a carb that is a longer chain of carbohydrates and it okay. takes longer to digest, okay. meaning that you would... It wouldn't raise your blood sugar as quickly as a simple carb. Okay. So if you eat stuff that's less processed, it's carbohydrate. But if it's less processed, it's longer chains of carbohydrate instead of smaller ones. <clears throat> if it's rougher to eat and takes longer to digest, mm-hmm. it's going to be better. So, you know, there's a thing called the glycemic index, which you may have heard of. And yeah. that's, that's just a rating scale of how simple carbohydrates are. Right. So, like, the top of the scale is going to be, like, Coca-Cola or Mountain Dew. Right. But it's like, it's in a <laughs> liquid. The carbs are su- super small chain. That stuff is going to go through your digestive system very fast and yeah. into your bloodstream. And you can tell. Sometimes if you're if you're tired, you can drink a Coke and it's almost, like, two minutes later, you're like... All right, let's do it. You know, I'm, I feel <laughs> yeah. fine now. But then yeah. you would notice that if you didn't eat it with anything else, you may crash again in another 20 minutes 20 or something. 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. So one thing that I've done that I think has helped me in terms of instead of trying to, you know, memorize maybe the glycemic the glycemic index right. or different kinds of foods is I just want to go to the store. I try to not buy things that are in a box. hmm or in a bottle, right? I try to just shop the fresh food because the carbohydrates yeah. that I find in the produce department, those are going to be the more complex.
1: Those are going to be your good starchy carbs and your good yeah. fibrous carbs, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So of your starchy carbs and your fibrous carbs, if you were trying to lose weight and you, mm-hmm. you weren't maybe super active and you wanted to get rid of one thing, yeah, then you'd want to get rid of your starchy carbs versus your fibrous carbs. So the starchy carbs are like rice, bread, right, beans, yeah. um, pasta. Mm-hmm.
0: I like to say yeah, yeah. the white things, the white yeah. flour, the white rice, mm-hmm. the white pasta, yeah.
1: And then the fibrous carbs are mostly going to be your stuff that's mostly roughage and yeah. <laughs> you know, like cabbage and lettuce and yeah. those things will be higher in um, certain nutrients usually, especially if they have more color to them, Yeah. Um, like the polyphenols are in those and those are, you know, powerful like anti-cancer foods, you Yeah. Know, they help squash free radicals which is one of the four pillars of aging, that's yeah. why those foods are good. But um, but yeah, those are going to be your vegetables. And so like if you looked at your plate and you had like a chicken breast and then you had a part of a sweet potato and then you had a salad, then you'd have, and then on your salad you had like olive oil over it, mm-hmm. then you've got Or right some there.
0: avocado chunks. <laughs> yes. Then you've got
1: your good fats. Yeah. Then you got your fibrous carbs and your starchy carbs. And uh-huh. then you've got your lean protein.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's the sort of meal that's going to sustain you energy wise. Yeah.
0: And it'll allow you to go three or four hours. Yeah
1: go to three or four hours exactly. I love it and that's so you still might start to feel hungry in a couple hours and then if you happen to raid the pantry and give in then your you know your insulin will go back up and you'll have mm-hmm. more food in your blood system but if you want your glucagon to kick in and you want to try to burn stored energy then you have to just say no to that hunger yeah. that mild hunger and I'm not saying you starve yourself right. but you have to restrict calories a little bit yeah, um, in order to release glucagon in order to start to change your body composition
0: Okay. So interesting. um, Yeah. Okay. So let's transition now to exercise. So actually we're going to transition to exercise next week because I have some additional thoughts to share and because I have a tendency to interrupt my guests. (laughs) And so we didn't get, um, we didn't get to talk about cortisol and free radicals. Okay. You guys, It's okay, this is my first thought, and this is what I'm learning. It's okay to be a little hungry. Now I'm not talking about drastically reducing calories so that you're in starvation mode. I'm talking about going three or four or five hours between a good, balanced meal and feeling a little bit hungry because that really is, as I get older, as we get older, that really is important for that regulation that's going on in your bloodstream. So when you start to feel that light hunger, this is what you do. Drink some water. Go take a quick walk. Set a timer for 15 minutes and distract yourself with some other task that needs to be done. We are so used to meeting (laughs) every need so quickly in our world today that we forget what it feels like to live in a little bit of want, right? So the feeling that you want something to eat that's not necessarily a negative thing. So learning to live with that and anticipate your next meal and making it one that will truly feed your body and your soul. I love that idea. Okay, real quick, let's chat cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone and you probably know this, but when there is too much cortisol in our bloodstream, it can wreak havoc on our system. It leads to inflammation and weight gain, especially in older women. That's me. Just saying, if you're younger than me, pay attention, okay? There are things that you can do to reduce or balance the cortisol that is in your system. Number one, go to bed each night at the same time or similar time. Wake up at the same time and get out and get some sunshine and fresh air. Number two, limit alcohol. Number three, avoid caffeine, sugar, and highly processed foods. Number four, exercise. Number five, get a monthly massage to reduce stress and help relax muscles. All right, I'm going to wrap up today's episode by sharing with you a recipe, a really easy recipe for a great breakfast. Because waking up and giving your body something with a lot of sugar or caffeine right off the bat is not a good idea. So try this instead. Use your blender and put in equal parts of egg white, oatmeal, and cottage cheese, and then a little bit of salt and some cinnamon, and whip that up and cook it as pancakes. And then eat it with some fresh berries, because those colorful fruits and vegetables, you could even have your pancakes with some spinach on the side. I know, it sounds crazy until you try it. But I promise, when you feed your body good food, your cells are going to tell you. You're gonna feel that your cells are happy. And when you add those colorful fruits and vegetables in every meal that you eat then then those are the the antioxidants that fight those free radicals that i that Theron didn't get to tell you about, but I'm so excited for him to come back next week and build on this conversation about healthy eating with some really great information about exercising, the kind of exercise that we need to keep our bodies vibrant and energetic and ready for fun. Now, I realize that most of you listening to me probably listen because of my role in the scrapbooking industry and because I love to share stories and talk about documenting life and telling stories the very best thing you can do for your storytelling is to take care of the storyteller you guys we have exactly enough time to take care of ourselves the longer we live the more stories we can tell you can totally do this it doesn't take drastic measures it takes making better choices so go out there this week Feed yourself well and come back next week for another episode of Exactly Enough Time with Theron. If you are new to my podcast and you'd like to hear more about my personal journey with striving to be healthier, go back and listen to episode 38.